Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back. Literally, welcome back. <laughs> we have baseball. We have ba- the lockout is over. Can't wait to get baseball underway. Welcome back to the podcast, by the way. Passion for the pastime. I'm your host, Walter. Have a great show in line for you today with baseball coming back. It's almost uh, natural that I bring back one of my favorite guests that I've had on on the show before, Martin Gallegos. He will be stopping by shortly. Speak with us about uh, the the state of the game. And also, we'll talk some A's baseball. But uh, following the lockout, we have baseball back, everybody. Can't be more excited about the game returning. And by the way, everything that was going on with the lockout, it was just, <laughs> it was hilarious. How many, how many deadlines did we have? During this uh, 99-day period. Or I guess it wouldn't even be the whole 99 days. It was literally like the last three weeks. We had six deadlines. <laughs> what the hell's going on? MLB was trying to uh, instill deadlines. <laughs> the same way that my sister tries to discipline my niece. <laughs> nope, you have, you have to pick up your toys. I really mean it this time. You're going to go to the wall. I'm not going to give you ice cream. You have to pick up your toe. Oh, my God. Really mean it. That's what the deadlines were as we were looking at uh, the, the the lockout negotiations. Now, they finally come to terms, so I'm, so I'm happy about that. Uh, definitely happy about that. Baseball is going to return. A couple of dates for you. Baseball is uh, to return April 18th. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. March 18th. For spring training. Uh, Everyone should be reporting on Sunday, which will be March 13th. Players will report to camp. And we're expected to have a full-on flurry of free agent activity. And we'll see what happens. I mean, (laughs) I was expecting... The lockout ended yesterday. I was expecting a lot of movement as soon as the deal was ratified, then nothing. Checking Twitter, checking Twitter, checking everything, nothing. I wake up this morning, nothing. There's one guy signed for like five million. I, I couldn't even tell you who he was. I don't even think he pitched last year when I when I looked him up. It was like Van Hagen or something. I <laughs> I don't know who the guy is, but he signed with the Cardinals. Good for you. Get your money. Big name guys haven't signed yet, uh, at least as of right now. At this moment in the podcast, nobody signed any big name guys. But it's it's going to be interesting uh, to see what happens with with the free agent because we were talking last podcast. There's a ton of them out there, mainly bats. But when you look at Freddie Freeman. I mean, there's a lot of speculation on him right now. He may go to the Dodgers, which I hope does not happen. But he could possibly go to the Yankees. And I just I saw a report uh, in correlation to Freddie Freeman, whether he leaves Atlanta 
Atlanta might be in the in the market for a first baseman. Hence the reason why we're talking to Martin Gallegos. You could put the you you can uh, really piece this one together as to who the who the Braves are looking at. With the A's looking at a fire sale coming out of this lockout, seems like everyone is going to be dealt. You, you look at Matt Olson. Matt Olson, Matt Chapman might be dealt, but l- looking more back to to the Braves need at first baseman. The the World Series champion Braves, by the way. Looking at adding Matt Olson. So we'll talk to Martin Gallegos, ask him what is uh what's going on in Oakland's camp uh with first year manager Mark Mark Kotze. He's coming in. Uh how, what effect does the does the lockout have on that? And you know what what the A's plan on doing this year. Tons of this uh, is going to go down. Tons of news. Tons of breaking news. We, hell, we might even have breaking news uh, on this podcast. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But Martin Gallegos coming up next. I am excited to talk baseball. And uh, I'm going to share a little a little story with you guys and, and with Martin Gallegos about uh, my, my morning of the lockout being lifted. It was a little weird. You're going to want to listen to that. Coming up next, we're talking to Martin Gallegos, beat writer for the Oakland A's for MLB.com. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Passion for the Pastime. Your host, Walter, here. And you know how we get down on this episode of the podcast. On this podcast in general, we always talk to some beat writers. Had to bring back one of my favorite guys to talk to throughout the baseball season. And now that baseball's back, had to bring him back naturally to start off this 2022 season. Martin Gallegos, the beat writer for the Oakland A's for MLB.com. Martin, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Walter? Good to see you again. Good to hear from you again, actually. Um, yeah, just out here in Arizona. You know, got a little bit of a late start to spring training with the lockout and everything. But uh, it's nice to finally be able to look forward to some baseball, some some major leaguers in action. So, um, you know, I think we're all uh, happy the lockout's over and, just, just settling out here in Arizona until until uh, opening day, you know. Yeah, I wish I could see you, Martin. I wish I was in uh, Arizona right now so I could see some baseball. Uh, actually, you know, I've been out in uh, in Sacramento. I was actually watching some high school baseball, getting ready for the uh, the Rivercats season to get going, uh, doing some work over there. But uh, but yeah, man, just seeing the the ball hit the bat, it, it's amazing. It's a great feeling. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we always look forward to uh, you know getting spring training and hearing the the crack of the bat, you know, the glove, the the cleats hitting the, hitting the ground. And um, you know, fortunately, you know, we we got out here, and, and even though there was no major league stuff going on, there was some minor league camp going on. So I was right. able to kind of soak in those sounds and, and then get to check out some some nice prospects. And now you know we'll kind of transition over to the to the big league side. You know, coming up in a couple of days. I just I want to follow up on that. You talk about the sounds of the game because I think that's one of the most underrated topics <laughs> that people talk about. Uh, what what is the more satisfying sound of baseball to you? Is it the the crack of the bat or is it cleats hitting the concrete? Because I might lean more towards the cleats, man. I don't know about you. What, what's uh what's your favorite? You know, actually, uh, it's funny because you know I remember the first day uh, we got to camp and and I did hear the crack of the bat and obviously that's a familiar sound. But a couple of days in, I remember specifically, you know, I was walking and and I heard you know a minor leaguer walking behind me and I could hear the the sound of the cleats hitting the concrete and I was like, man, this, 
man, I miss this so much. You right. know, you don't realize how much you miss it until you're you're gone from from it for so long. And and uh, it's kind of like a soothing sound for us, especially, right. especially all of us who grew up, you know, playing baseball or, or watching baseball, going to the, to the park and and you know, you know, wearing those cleats. I mean, there's, there's it's a unique sound, you know, that we only know. Yeah, and and you you said it perfectly, man. It it takes you back to your childhood. You know, you, we all remember uh, wearing our cleats, walking from the from the parking lot to the diamond, and uh, yeah, it, it's just so soothing and pleasing. You you, you hit it right on the head, man. Uh, excited to have baseball back. The lockout finishes. Um, you know, I just have to tell you a quick a quick little story about the lockout ending um I, I i don't know i might be like a little bit of a psychic man uh on, honestly <laughs> because i had a dream that morning uh yesterday morning when the lockout ended uh i had a dream that ken rosenthal posted something on twitter and i got a notification that the lockout was over and i woke up and i read my or i looked through my phone and there was nothing of that and i was like instantly disappointed and then come to find out five, six hours later, uh, the lockout would indeed end. And I was super juiced um, along with other baseball fans all around the country uh, waiting for that moment, to, that that notification to come through. Um, and, dude, that that isn't the first time. I know you're a Niner fan, right? Um, yeah. And that wasn't the first time that I, that actually happened. I had it happen uh, the night before the Super Bowl when the Niners took on the Chiefs. And weird story, I was in a bar for some reason having drinks with Aaron Judge, and I have no idea why I was having drinks with Aaron Judge, the Yankee, right? And I'm watching the pregame for the 49ers, and here comes Aaron Judge. I didn't even know he was a Niner fan. <laughs> he, come, he comes walking into to the stadium rocking, uh, I want to say it was a Jerry Rice jersey, or uh, or so, it, it was some type of um, old-school uh, Niner for sure. And I, I had a dream. I was I was watching the game with Aaron Judge, and the Niners lost the Super Bowl. And yeah, I, I had that. So, dude, I'm psychic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have to go. I'll, I'll have to come ask you what you dreamed about during the next <laughs> big uh, sporting event. See? Yeah, man. You know, I'm not surprised. You know what's happened. Yeah, for sure. Like lotto lotto numbers, whatever you need, man. Just uh, just hit me up. Ask me what I yeah. what I dreamt about uh, the night before. For sure, it was it's it's crazy, man. It's happened a few times. Uh, and I just, I can't explain it. I can't, I'm just, I'm psychic, man. I'm psychic. But, uh, honestly, man, I couldn't, I couldn't believe, um, or I couldn't predict the move that just went down, uh, breaking news with Carlos Rodon, uh, signing with the Giants, man. What, what do you think about that move? Just really quick. How does that, uh, change the landscape of free agency as we're expected to have a flurry of moves going into, uh, this new period following the CBA? Yeah, you know, it's kind of the first big move. I know there were some other, uh, you know, lower-level signings that, that were announced earlier, but, um, you know, Radon is obviously one of those key free agents that uh, are probably on a lot of people's list of, you know, uh, top free agents entering offseason. So, I mean, I mean, I know the Giants are, you know, in it, you know, and they're a team that's, that's you know, trying to win now. And, I mean, Carlos Radon, just from what I've seen him, I mean, he had a, a heck of a year last year. And, uh, you know, he's been a guy kind of on the rise for the White Sox. So, um, you know, they definitely bolstered their pitching with that move. But, yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm surprised it's been kind of as quiet as it has been, but I, I don't expect that to be for too long. I mean, you look at the list of free agents that are out there, there's so many guys that are going to have to find homes here soon. So I assume those those talks are, are probably getting close to getting wrapped up, and, and we're probably going to see some more uh, announcements soon. Um, and we'll probably see some trades as well. I mean, I, you know, it, it's 
from what everyone has been saying, it's going to be pretty crazy, you know, hectic, you know, few days of, of, of signings, you know, teams are going to report, I think mandatory report dates are, are Sunday, but I think some will also be trickling in on Monday. So um, I think as it gets closer to that, you know, guys will kind of want to know where they where exactly they got to go. So um, you're probably going to see more signings, you know, the, the big names um, start to go places here pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, we we were expecting like just a flurry, like right when the doors open, you know, like a like a Black Friday sale, yeah. <laughs> just players going everywhere, right? It didn't happen. Uh, but again, like like you like you brought up, uh, you know, they, teams haven't been able to talk to players, um, and how many deals were like you know <laughs> made on the side, you know, and and they're just trying to find that good happy medium, like oh, we we could wait two days, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you gotta not make it look so obvious. Right, right, know, right. What, what, what's the what's the perfect amount of time to wait before we actually make this official? Right, <laughs> that's that's what they're yeah. doing right now. Um, but yeah, so a lot of guys out there, and um, I just you know I was I'm watching um, to, or not watching, but re- skimming through Twitter all day today at work, and you know the the talk of Freddie Freeman leaving and uh, leaving Atlanta and possibly going to the Dodgers or the Yankees uh, being named as a few teams uh, to, to, to acquire his services, that has a direct effect to the, to the A's. I saw a report uh, that came out earlier uh, before we talked that Matt Olson might be uh, in trade talks with the, with the Braves. What, what can you really say about that? Is it, because the expectation is that the A's are going to have uh, some type of fire sale right now. Uh, what's the conversation right now? Yeah, you know, I think uh, like it's, it's no secret. You know, the A's seem to be in a in a cost cutting phase right now. As, as you know, their stars who they've developed are are starting to get to that point where they're going to hit arbitration. They're going to get big bumps in salary. Uh, Matt Olson is at the top of that list. He is due for a big raise, especially after the year he just had. Um, you know arguably top five MVP finisher, um, all-star. And, and, you know, between his age and his affordability, um, you know, he's a very attractive piece, obviously, for a lot of teams out there looking for a, a first baseman who not only can, you know, hit, but also is, plays incredible defense. So, um, you know, he's probably the marquee name available right now in, in terms of trade talks. And I know there's, there's got to be plenty of interest. I mean, look at all those teams uh, in need of a first baseman and whoever doesn't end up getting Freddie Freeman, I'm sure we'll be, you know, working the phones. I'm sure they're working phones right now, you know, for a guy like Matt Olson. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, look, we, we, I think we expect, you know, some moves. I don't know if they trade like all of their core guys, like Olson, Chapman, Manaya, Bassett, uh, Montas. I don't know if they trade them all in one shot, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a couple of guys moved here in the next few days because, I mean, the reality of the situation is that, you know, they're, they're in a, in a point right now where they're looking to shed salary and, and kind of develop the next wave uh, of talent. Um, I know their farm system doesn't rank that great, you know, among, uh, you know, those, uh, you know, farm experts who, you know, rank uh, systems. You know, they've got a couple of guys at the top who seem pretty promising, but overall there's not a lot of depth in their minor league system. So, you know, if they were to trade a couple guys here, I think the thinking is maybe they can replenish their system maybe find a a guy or two who eventually develops into a star and, you know, get them prepared for that next, that next phase of, of, of winning baseball, which, you know, I don't know if it's going to come next year or or two years from now, but at some point, you know, we've seen it with the A's over the last decade, you know, they have these kind of three, two, three year periods where they're in contention and they're making the playoffs. 
I think now is the time when they kind of start looking for that next group of guys, you know, to get into the playoffs. We're talking with Martin Gallegos, Oakland A's beat writer for MLB.com. Mar- Martin, every time I talk to you, I feel like we always uh, bring up the Demi Downer in the room with with trade talk because it just seems like that's always the conversation with the A's. Um, you you hope for the fans' sake anyway that they do hold on to some of these guys, but uh, the writing's on the wall, right? Uh, they're they're going to be traded. Uh, just a matter of who and for what. Uh, they have to replenish that farm system, like you said. Uh, right now, currently on the farm, because you were able to you were able to look at some of these minor leaguers uh, due to the lockout in Arizona. Anyone stand out to you right now uh, that A's fans could possibly get excited for? in year 2022 or 2023? Yeah, you know, they got a handful of guys. Um, you know, I think uh, as far as guys who maybe not next year, but in a couple of years, you look at guys like Tyler Soderstrom, who was their uh, first-round pick uh, in 2020 uh, out of Turlock High School. And um, he's a catcher who can hit. I mean, I think as far as hitting ability, you know, he, he's among the best prospects in baseball. I know he ranks top 100 uh, prospect on MLB.com. And um, as far as his bat, I think it's major league ready. I think it's more just kind of him refining his skills at the at the plate or behind the plate um, as a catcher defensively. Uh, I know there's been some talk about him possibly switching positions, but I think as of now they're still looking at him as a catcher. But he's a guy who, I mean, you look at you know the top top uh, up and coming catchers, you're probably going to he- start hearing more and more about him as he gets closer to to big league ready. You know, last year he played at single A, so there's still a little bit of development to go there. Um, We've got guys like Zach Geloff, who uh, they drafted in the second round last year. He's a college guy, um, but he might be a little bit closer to, to knocking on the door of a call-up. They actually you know, moved him up pretty pretty quickly last year. They gave him some games at AAA, and he's a power-hitting third baseman who could play pretty good defense as well. And I mean, if you're looking at you know the next wave, he's possibly the guy who takes over for Matt Chapman eventually. Um, and he's he's looked pretty good in spring as well. A lot of their top prospects are really guys who maybe aren't going to make an impact next year. Um, you know, Max Muncy was the guy who they drafted um, in 2021, uh, first-round pick out of high school in Thousand Oaks. So he's going to have some developing to do, but I know the A's are really excited about his skills. And, um, you know, I think in a couple of – I think it's kind of, you know, all – you know, they, they realize, you know, the guys that they have right now who are, you know, really promising, who, who I think you can kind of bank on becoming uh, really good big leaguers are still a couple of years away. Um, whereas the guys who they have at AAA right now are maybe guys who could fill out the roster, um, you know, next season. If, if they do trade some guys away, they've got guys who can step in. But I think the more exciting guys that they have, the guys like Max Muncy, Zach Geloff, Tyler Soderstrom, uh, Robert Passan, um, all these guys are still, I think, at least a couple of years away. Um, but the, the good thing is they're all, they all seem to be on the same path. And when they do arrive, it's going to be kind of all at the same time. So that, that would be, that'll be an exciting time. I mean, I, I know, you know, Ace fans don't want to wait two years, but I think, you know, once they get to that point where they're ready to come up, I think these guys are, are going to be pretty fun to watch. They, they seem to be all pretty excited, um, you know, in camp together, playing together, getting to know each other and, you know, at least they'll have that, you know, team chemistry um, developed, you know, as they move up the system together, kind of like the way these current A's went. I mean, guys like Chapman, Olsen, uh, Pinder, Manaya, um, all these guys came up together in the minor leagues. They won throughout the minor leagues. And all of a sudden they came up in, in 2018, 2017, and they kind of changed the culture in there. So 
I mean, the A's know if there's one thing they're good at, it's, you know, it's kind of developing that next wave and getting them ready for the major leagues. Usually when they call a guy up, you know, he's up for good. They don't usually send him up and down, you know, too much. You know, they kind of know when a guy is ready. So when these guys come up, you know, you'll have a pretty good idea that they're they're ready to contribute and, and be winners on this team. Yeah, the the A's farm set they have they have a lot of a lot of guys that you just uh, alluded to. I mean, the the future, yeah, it it it's painful to be patient, right? Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh with the future of the A's, um, not only on the field, but you know, with that with that ballpark um, that is being proposed. I'm not sure where where the where it stands uh, currently at the moment, but you know, th- there's a lot a lot of moving pieces, um, and off the field. Uh, Bob Melvin, he left, right? He's not with the A's anymore. He's with uh, the San Diego Padres, which, oh, man, I, I <laughs> being a Giants fan, I did not like that move whatsoever. Uh, I respect Bob Melvin so much. Uh, not to say that I don't respect Mark Kotze, but uh, him coming in to this, to this situation, Mark Kotze, um, first-year uh, manager, coming into this situation post-lockout, do you think that has any effects on his effectiveness um, and learning the club or anything like that? Do you think that there's going to be any negative side effects of a first-year manager in Mark Kotze, uh, you know, coming out of a lockout? Right. Yeah, I think, you know, it would be – I think that would be more of a concern if, if it was a guy who was coming in who, you know, hadn't known these players yet. You know, right. say, for example, Bob Melvin going to San Diego, that might be a little tough because he hasn't been able to communicate with these guys. But, you know, in the case of Kotze, at least there is that, you know, continuity in, in that he, uh, you know, was on this on this coaching staff for, for a few years, a number of years now, I think maybe five years or so. So um, he knows most of the players, you know, on this team. And, you know, they know kind of his style, even though, you know, he wasn't the manager, he still was kind of a right-hand man to Bob Melvin. So there are some similarities between him and Bob, but also are differences that he says, you know, will show up as the season goes on. But um, I think it'll be a little less of a concern with, with Kotze, just given that he, um, you know, already knows most of these players. Uh, he's he's going to walk into that clubhouse and lead. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, look, with Bob leaving, I think maybe there was a feeling that, you know, things were kind of going in, in, in another direction this year in terms of, you know, guys getting traded away and, you know, Bob being a little bit older, you know, maybe wants to win now. And I think the A's gave him that opportunity um, to go and seek out a pretty good gig out there in San Diego. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that roster um, with a bunch of stars over there. And, and for Kotze, I think him being a younger guy, not too not too far removed from his playing days, um, it's probably probably a good fit for this team. I mean, especially given that it's probably going to be a team that gets a lot younger here as the, as the uh, spring goes on and, you know, they kind of shift to a, uh, you know, rebuilding phase a bit. Uh, I think Mark Kotze is the type of guy who can work with young, young talent, can maybe relate to them a little bit more being, being you know one of the younger managers in baseball, um, so I think as far as far as overall fit for him, I think it's good for him, and I think I don't think I don't think it'll be too much of a, a concern as far as you know um, you know him being in his first year, just because you know he knows not only the players but the front office and and the other coaches on his coaching staff. I mean they all they all know what he's about. There's not much to learn more about him than they already know. Martin, I have to tell you, man, it feels good to talk ball. It really, it really does. Uh, having baseball back in our lives, it feels great. And uh, thank you for the time, man. Before I let you go, uh, I know we we talk burritos sometimes on this on this podcast. 
Uh, I have to bring up this place, Tacos El Atlante. It's in El Cerrito. You ever been there? No, I don't get out to El Cerrito too much, but uh, is it good? Pretty good? Oh, dude, you, you have to make it out there. It's Burrito in El Cerrito. That's how I remember where it is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it is it is great. Uh, you need to definitely check that out. You got any spots uh, recommend in Arizona right now? You got any good spots? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, you know, our our MLB uh, Giants beat writer, Maria Guardado, she's kind of a foodie. So, uh, you know, I go to her for, for the stuff out here in uh, Tacos Chihuahua out here in, in Phoenix. Okay. There's a couple of locations. Like, there's one in Tempe, but um, it's called Tacos Chihuahua. Uh, I can attest, you know, that their tacos are very good and, and pretty. I haven't tried the burritos yet, but I'm sure those are good, too. But their tacos are, are delicious. So, uh, you know, that that's, I think if, if you were going to come out here looking for some Mexican food in Arizona, Tacos Chihuahua should be at the top of your list for sure. All right, man. I'm putting that on the list, putting that in the Yelp. I'm saving it. Next time I'm in Arizona, I'm going to check it out, man, <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> Martin, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. feels great to talk baseball, like I said, and uh, we'll talk down the line, man. Ha- have a have a good time in Arizona, and I, I'm sure we'll we'll talk soon. All right, Walter. Sounds good, man. Again, that is Martin Gallegos, Oakland A's beat writer for MLB.com. Go ahead and check him out on Twitter at Martin J. Gallegos. Man, let me tell you. Doesn't it just feel great? <laughs> Doesn't it feel great to finally talk some ball? We have a date. We know when spring training starts. We know when opening day happens. For the Giants, it's April 8th. I think for the for the whole uh, league, it might be April 8th. It might be April 7th. But, man, we have a time. We have a date. We have a place. You know where to be. Baseball is back, and I am so excited. Just want to thank Martin Gallegos for coming on to kickstart this year of baseball talk, as we always do on the podcast. Next week, we're going to be talking on the other side of the bay. We're going to switch over to the orange and black. My orange and black. Your orange and black. Everyone's orange and black. The 107 orange and black from 2021. We're going to talk with... Marty Lurie next week. And let me just tell you, I am excited for what is coming. And I'm excited to speak with Marty Lurie to talk some Giants baseball next week. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I sure did. It was great to catch up with Martin. Great to talk ball. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will talk to you next time.